0: Boost contains adult themes and language. Listener beware. And welcome to another episode of Boozed, where we get supernatural and shit-faced. Thank you for joining us again today as we record virtually over the internets. I have with me today our wonderful co-host, co-producer, co-brilliant person, Sydney. Hello, Sydney. Hello. And today's guest is also today's um, birthday honoree. Woo! Yes, Casey, hello.
1: Hey
2: there. Thank you so much.
0: How are you doing today?
2: Uh, fantastically.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, just a little precursor before we get started, everyone. Um, Start Started. I know we already got started anyway. Um, again, we are recording virtually. If you're living in the today times, listening to this in the today times, you know why. Um, <laughs> hopefully, if anyone in the future is listening to this, you are hopefully not still living in a bubble. Please send uh, us a message to tell us what <laughs> you <can> do. <laughs> Help me. Yeah, if you're, living in, if you're living in the future times or if you're living in the before times, and can give us a heads up. Uh, yeah. maybe, maybe give us a heads up by about five years. Come in around 2015, I would yeah. say, let us know what's up. Yeah. So we can uh, take some actions. Mm-hmm. That, that would be nice, that would be nice. So um, all that to say, bear with us if there are any audio issues, lags, if we have to repeat ourselves. We're doing our best, doing our best. Uh, so moving on, Casey. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself. Who are you? What, what? Who's a what's a Casey?
2: Awesome. Who's a what's a Casey? A Casey is a newly 27-year-old native Houstonian by way of Ivory Coast. My father hails from Ivory Coast, Africa. And I am an actor of about eight to nine years, practicing in the hallowed halls of educational theater right um i have loved acting ever since i was a child really ever since i saw samuel jackson in a jerry curl yelling at someone on pulp fiction
1: oh god (laughs) (laughs) english motherfucker do you speak it
2: um ever since then i've been bitten by the acting bug quietly loving and observing acting from a distance until Right around 2013, 2012, I really said I'm, I'm gonna follow it all the way out and give it my all. And since I started that path by going to TSU to a play by another friend of mine, I have never regretted it since. Uh, I've been working locally here in Dallas for a couple of years with Rep Theater, somewhat exclusively, I've, you know, Kind of drifted over to DTC once and over to um, the Bishop Arts Theater Center. Shout Teresa. out.
0: Yes, shout out to Teresa.
2: Shout out to Gwena at Soul Red.
0: Yes, amen. Love to hear it. Uh, what, what, pers- what perchance are, are we all drinking this evening? What you got there, Casey?
2: So here's what I did.
0: Uh-oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Connects to the birthday date I had today. Um, I thought I was going to go to the local um, liquor store and just grab some um, Amsterdam, but uh, instead I grabbed a Smirnoff screwdriver and downed it, Mm. the full bottle, and then I got a whole six-pack of Cayman Jack's Cuban Mojitos, and I've gone through... Three and a half of
1: them. Dang. All right. You are ready to go. (laughs)
0: It's
1: a lot of mojito. (laughs) It's a lot of alcohol, period. Dang.
2: Your boy is flying. (laughs)
1: Good thing you are 27, because at our at our giant ages. Mm. Oh, what you are
0: you are barely (laughs) over that bridge. Hey, listen. You are barely over that bridge.
1: (laughs) Listen i'm over the bridge though I am,
0: close, <laughs> I am closer to 40 so i have uh, to take it very easy or i here. have a
1: very bad day you're still on the other side of the middle
0: no i'm not what i'm dead in the middle oh are God. you dead in the middle i'm 35 yeah are you for all yes i mean unless we're still not counting this year for birthdays because it's thought all you were trash 34. <laughs> yeah because 2020 doesn't count we're, i'm 34. Mm-hmm. You know what well, Fuck
2: it. I'm 26. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so since since I'm an old and have to take it easier, uh, I am drinking red wine, sweet red wine today. And I'm drinking Ooh. out of this lovely cup that my friend of the show, Kate, gave us uh this lovely glasses. I'm trying to figure out which camera to send it to that have yeah. our logo on it. Isn't that nice? This
2: is a limited edition. I want one.
0: It is limited edition. Um I'm what is this? It's Lano Estacado Sweet Red. Oh,
2: my God. That is my
0: shit. Really? It's like the, it was the cheapest and only sweet red wine I could find at Kroger.
1: <laughs>
2: sweet red with uh, medium rare steak with a side of scallops or in shrimp with either recently boiled greens or broccoli. Holy shit. It's going to light you up.
0: Okay, so you cooking I mean, after this? Fancy. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So just just uh, Uber Eats, that? just Uber Eats from your house to ours, and, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll we'll get that worked out. We'll get that meal going. Uh, Sydney, what are you drinking this evening?
1: I'm drinking a a light rosé from a, a local uh, spirits shop that just opened down the street. It's a very lovely color This was only $5.99 for this bottle
0: Listen, my bottle was $7 so
1: It's very good
0: I am a little upset because I did mean to go to the liquor store because Jack Daniels has released cocktails in a can So they have Jack and Coke in a can, which isn't my favorite I prefer Jack and Dr. Pepper, but whatever Um, They've also released their honey whiskey with lemonade in a can (laughs) Dangerous. (laughs) That's dangerous.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yes. You so. Fingers in now.
0: Damn. What What is the story you will be sharing with us this evening?
2: I have a series of stories to be sharing with you this evening, and they all center around center around the subject of cursed movie sets.
1: Yes. Cursed get-
2: movie sets, in the sense that there are strange occurrences that tend to happen either during, before, and after the release of said film production. Are you ready for this shit? This is gonna hit y'all like
0: kind of (laughs) different. I'm ready, yes. Coming
2: soon on video and DVD. The Crow, Mm -hmm. all right, Uh, a very um, film noir superhero story of a young teenager who gets murdered and comes back to life. The Crow features the son of the world-famous Bruce Lee, Brandon Lee, is subsequently killed by a quote-unquote blank gun, right? A blank gun that was only supposed to be shooting blanks, but for mm-hmm. some reason, um, there was an obstruction in the, in the, uh, the, barrel. Not in the tank, but in the tunnel. So someone who actually shot Brandon Lee, AKA the Crow, actually shot him and killed him. And I think in the neck, if I'm remembering correctly. A strange occurrence about that is that years before, when his father Bruce Lee was filming a scene in the game of death, filming a movie scene within a movie, he was supposed to be shot up by imaginary bullets. But the film's plot, specifically had a real bullet shot at him and bruce lee actually reacts to a real gunshot wound. so Mm. the weird parallel is in that that bruce lee suffers the actual death of his son before it actually happened crazy as shit all right
0: yeah we're uh we're we're very intimately familiar with bruce lee at this podcast
2: (laughs) oh my god really
0: for various reasons
1: (laughs) oh oh how bruce lee comes up
0: So often I I actually so I think was it the Christmas episode? Yes it was the Christmas episode and then our episode that's not been released yet we also ended up talking about Bruce Lee
1: so I feel like Bruce Lee is remind our listeners (laughs) is in fact deceased and died what was it 73? I think so
2: 73, we could say 74 for kind of this trash so, ass
1: year. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably long before you demographic yeah. were even born. So just so everybody knows. Just so everyone yes, yeah. They're all clear.
2: Baseline, uh, there's a curse that is eliminating all of the Lee family firstborns. We don't know why, but that's what it was. Baseline, moving on to the exorcist. exorcist jack mcgowan dies of dies of the flu before the film's release and max von siddow lost his brother
0: so who are these people in relation to the movie who's jack
2: jack mcgowan i believe is the main star of the film of the exorcist either that or the producer okay so yeah he dies and Max von Sydow, I think for sure, definitely for sure, the star, one of the stars of the film loses his brother. Evelyn Burstyn's, or Reagan's mom, suffers a permanent spine injury. So in the scene, uh, in one of the scenes of The Exorcist, uh, Reagan literally throws her mom, right, mm-hmm. at, in a complete and utter rage. So in that throw of her mom, her mom suffers a permanent spinal injury. And that take is actually kept in the filming of The Exorcist. Ooh. Yeah, like we we literally see what happened. So we we see whatever kind of demonic entity possessed that little girl or possessed that actress and permanently injured that actress. Um
0: so to be she wasn't she wasn't hooked up to a rig or anything, like the actress actually threw her.
2: The actress actually threw her. Okay. Um, Yeah, I looked in my research. I didn't hear anything about a rig. Yeah. It's it's. I mean, the actress is is kind of old. Right. Rigs would have been pretty easily caught at the time. Mm. Um. Yeah. That bitch flew. (laughs) (laughs) That bitch. That bitch. Um. Third and final occurrence, which is a little tenuous for some of the listeners, the house burned down where they actually filmed The Exorcist, right? Strange thing about that, the demonic room where most of the scenes were shot was untouched. Yep.
1: I don't know any of this about The Exorcist.
0: Me neither. I was actually getting it confused with Poltergeist, which yeah. I've heard. Of. I've not That's heard about I, these. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, dude. It's like literally the parallel of what happened to um, America's first white boy serial killer, H.H. Holmes.
0: Yeah. His
2: room, where he contained most of his victims, right? So his big house, his big house, which was literally a packing house filled with secret doors and compartments where he had dead bodies. Pretty much mm-hmm. burned down, with the exception of the room where all or most of the atrocities took place remained untouched, mm-hmm. and his picture, especially, was in Ooh. another room, also remained untouched. Ooh. Random tangent, but you know it's the same. No,
0: I um, I love that story. Like, I'm fascinated by that kind of true crime. So, I mean, if I weren't doing a paranormal podcast, I'd be doing a true crime podcast.
2: Be so. dope. You know, I I read it.
0: I read. I read Go about
2: s- it coming up in high
0: school mm. what was that there's a book um was it ghost in the white city or the
2: devil in the white City? devil
0: in the white city yeah i read that book
2: yup the first exposition festival before disney started picking that up and made you know
0: disney yeah thing. the yeah the first uh world's fair interesting book interesting history in it
2: next on to the next story is rosemary's baby interesting mm-hmm. very interesting thing so producer william castle receives a series of letters right calling him a devil worshiper since the entire plot of rosemary's baby is around a white girl making a faustine deal with the devil about you know building up her riches and wealth why the fuck do you need the devil's help when you white the fuck i don't know <laughs> god damn it why you need his help
0: oh, Anywho. we gonna we going drink on that one yeah let's uh, take a moment
2: listen every time I mention white people take a drink
0: oh no do not sue us for your alcohol poisoning
1: whoa <laughs> I do not advise
0: I do not advise drinking every time we talk about white people so.
2: definitely, definitely not I take that back <laughs> That's my punk's blankets. I was joking about that earlier with my folks. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, one of the letters that William Castle receives, I wrote down here that it predicted, but it was more like it wished that he like died of an excruciating death, mm-hmm. like of like a rot, right? And around the same time when William Castle reads that said letter. He gets a really bad, excruciating pain in his crotch. Oh. All right. So, around that time when he feels that pain in his crotch, October 4th, in October, not October 4th, in October, four months later, after they, after they release Rosemary's baby, he dies of a urinary tract blockage. Anywho, next part, and this is known by everybody, although. There's a slight discrepancy because there is a series of facts that might be able to debunk this. So here's here we go. Sharon Tate is brutally murdered by the followers of Charles Manson. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Most people would connect that to Rosemary's Baby's curse. However, the fact remains that there was a certain music producer that lived in the same house as Roman Polanski who told Charles Manson, the Charles Manson, that his music was shit. (laughs) And Charles Manson, not knowing that that music producer up and left that side of the neighborhood, sends his followers up to that house. And since the followers don't know the difference between Sharon Tate and a rude white boy shitting on their leader's um, musical taste,
1: Hmm.
2: unload on the poor pregnant woman. Sharon Tate was pregnant with Roman Polanski's baby if i remember correctly.
0: She was Roman, pregnant, yes.
2: Yeah. Roman Polanski was in London at the time. Missed everything. Crazy, crazy.
0: Isn't Roman uh, Polanski the one who allegedly
2: No, no, there's no allegedly with There's no allegedly with that dude. <laughs> he did it.
1: Yet yet that to be like, per,
0: yet to be persecuted for. <laughs> Right. The, the rape and or molestations
1: of- Minnesota. Allegedly in the way that- OGs We don't want to be sued. Allegedly.
2: <laughs> right, allegedly in the way that we don't want to be sued, but um, right. yeah. Right, that's it. Yeah. Like yeah. literally, like, I, I know there are certain audience members who probably have heard of this story that are like, yeah, Roman probably did. Next, the scenes shot in front of the Dakota apartments in NYC are the exact um, crime scene elements of John Lennon's assassination. Oh. Interestingly enough, John Lennon crosses paths with Mia Farrow, the lead of Rosemary's Baby in India, at a certain Maharashi Mahesh's Yogi ashram in India. Uh, Next, we have The Omen.
0: Anything for you, Davian? Oh that was, that's a scary movie. That movie
1: yeah, is a little scary. I only watched
0: yeah, it
2: once. Oh my God. These events are like crazy as shit. And it's funny. um, Because I'm like, I'm, I'm also like reading through all of this research and I'm just like, you motherfuckers are just not going to learn. Like, stop doing this shit. <laughs> stop doing this shit. Stop teasing, motherfuckers. Anyway. Uh, Bob Munger, an ag executive, Uh, warns producer Harvey Bernhard that making the movie would be dangerous. Uh, Quote, unquote, the devil won't want you to make this picture. You're going to have problems.
0: Oh. Okay.
2: Now, if anybody out there who listens to this or, you know, the two lovely people that are joining me today have watched Mad Men, Mm
1: -hmm. you
2: know white ad executives don't give a shit.
1: (laughs) Sure do they don't
2: know. give a shit. They just want the money. And in the day that they decide to tell you, hey, uh, maybe you should think about this is uh, kind of a pretty good telltale sign. And in my book, that's, that counts as a very uh, rare supernatural occurrence. Because what the hell does Bob Bunger know about supernatural
0: occurrences when it comes to the devil?
2: Anyway, June... You never, ni- you never know. You never know. <laughs> June 1975, before production was set to shoot, Gregory Peck's son commits suicide by shooting himself. Mm. Weird, very strange occurrence. Next, the trainer that is assigned to the famous Damien scene, where he goes to the zoo and all of the animals go ape shit, including the baboons. Right. Mm-hmm. The scene where Damien riles up the baboons. That trainer dies the next day. Oh. Literally dies the next day. Get this of a tiger biting his head. A tiger who literally bites his head off. Like, like, that's not on some Harambe shit. Harambe was trying to keep a baby safe. The tiger said, <laughs> I don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> you made that's, that movie. And don't, uh Listen, Lucy told me to get you. So let's <laughs> go.
0: That's some Tiger King bullshit right there. hey yo, you cool cats and kittens.
2: John Richardson. Special effects guru survives a very gruesome car crash near a Dutch town. A car crash that decapitated his assistant, Liz Moore,
0: right? I remember this story.
2: He clambers out of the wreckage to stand up and look at the sign and it says, Omen, O-M-M-E-N. 66.6 kilometers away from their. car.
1: Oh, I didn't know this. (laughs) God. Is that true, though? That's, like, proven.
2: It's, I I mean, I have, uh, I mean, okay, so as far as doing the research, what I've known, as far as looking on the Internet, if you find the same three, four, five stories giving the exact same details, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, unless someone is literally fighting to debunk that, kind of in that same kind of side note that I was gonna add in this series of the podcast, even though we're still on The Omen. Mm -hmm. Um, Jim Cavazel in uh, Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ got Mm -hmm. struck by lightning (laughs) on the scene of of Christ being pinned on the cross. And also the same producer of that movie got struck by lightning that same day twice. That would be his second time he got struck by lightning
0: see this is why you don't cast jesus as a white man
2: you don't <laughs> so in that case like when you find like literal internet sources that literally list the same thing and they make sure they get the exact same details every time that is the truth you can't go in Congress. but this
1: this signage of omen six is that still there or that's gone now
2: I don't know that for sure. I think we it's best it's safe to assume that it is still there. Because we all know that whether it's a Dutch town or a random town here in Texas, a sign is still going to exist. You can't <laughs> necessarily like wipe it off the map or records of it, you know?
1: Now um, does this
0: oh sorry, maybe you're gonna get to it. Does this tie back to the scene in the Omen that includes a decapitation? Uh
2: no. But, you know, you pointing that out pretty much explains why this next part, there is yeah, literally a scene.
0: Yeah, there's a scene in the movie where someone gets decapitated. I don't are they in a I don't remember if they're in a car or not. I know there's a car involved somehow.
2: I've only seen the remake of The Old Man. I haven't seen the original.
0: So yeah, I, no, the original is pretty creepy. Um and I think that's why I remember that story about the person being decapitated because they always relate it back to the scene in the movie where there's like a car accident and it leads to someone being decapitated, I think, if I'm remembering the scene correctly. But yeah, it's a pretty, it's a gruesome scene. You know, they, they went for it back in the day. Not that they don't now, but.
2: They don't. what.
0: I mean, I feel like the level of special effects you had back in the day—you had to do a lot of practical effects—and they—they did very well at making a lot of shit look real, real. Oh my god!
2: I'm so glad you said that shit because that leads it—that literally is part of what the poltergeist is about. All right, um, but I—I I, I can't um, go there until I drop right, right. this last bit on the omen. It's the creepiest one that gave me nightmares a little bit that made me look at the spaces, the dark spaces in my room a little different. (laughs) Um,
1: Oh, goodness.
2: So, Alf Joint, a stuntman, right? Stuntman who um, Quentin Tarantino wrote a movie about on uh, Grindhouse at one point, right? Mm. Stuntman who don't give a shit. They gonna throw themselves off buildings. They're about their life. Um, Works on the next project after The Omen. Right? Called A Bridge for A Bridge Too Far.
0: A bridge he, to Therabithia, Sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that bro. I love that movie. <laughs> it's so beautiful.
0: It's sad, but it's beautiful. Sorry, continue.
2: It's all good. Um, a Bridge Too Far. He, he was supposed to jump off the roof into a giant air poof, right? A giant air mattress. Kind of what they used to do in the nineties and, and whatnot you know, they featured that in Big Fat Liar with Frankie Muniz.
1: Sorry, that was the most <laughs> random reference of all time. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, I love the movies. That's the that's other that's side tidbit about me that I, did, Wait, I left out of my bio. I, I love I, the fuck out of movies.
0: I was even more confused because for some reason when you said Big Fat Liar, I thought Big Mama's House and I was wondering what the fuck Frankie oh, Muniz was no. doing in that movie <laughs> <laughs> and why I didn't remember it. Oh my god! Those titles sound the same. So it makes more sense now that I know which movie you're actually talking about. Yes.
2: Yup. Alf Joint, right? (laughs) Jump off this roof and land into an air poof, right? Except when they started setting it up, Alf, like, Like, he he lands funny. Like, he literally, like, gets onto the top of the roof and jumps off awkwardly and suddenly, right? Not prepared for that shit. Wakes up in the hospital, side tidbit. That's that's a regular occurrence for a stunt, man. Like, you do a stunt, you're gonna wake up in the hospital.
0: At some point. Yeah.
2: So, uh, Alf um, says in an interview, you know, I felt like I was pushed, bro. <laughs> like, you're on top of the roof and you jump suddenly and awkwardly. It's not even that you jumped, it's like you fell. You literally right. fell suddenly. And you land probably off the cue or off the mark, which probably would explain why he would be in the hospital. Right, and he explains right. uh, I actually felt like I was pushed. But I'm pretty sure nobody else is on the roof. Because in every other action or stuntman shot, roughly around in the movies of like 1975, 1980 and back, you have the action of the story going on and then you have the clear shot of the stunt, right? Whether it's the car driving past another car, hitting another one, going off the cliff, or if it's somebody jumping off the side of a building or jumping out of a window into a poof they don't know how to like come out of it right but then the shot cuts right before they reach the safety net quote unquote but it's interesting that a stuntman of that type would know and would knowingly identify that he purposely did not make that jump yeah he was pushed he was pushed crazy 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 crazy.
0: another unsolved mystery episode Pretty much,
2: which brings me to poltergeist. Y'all ready <sighs> for this one? This one's gonna like hit you off in doozies. I'm gonna hit yeah. you off. Right I,
0: I've I've heard I've heard the poltergeist stories. This is the one I'm the most familiar with.
2: We got Heather O'Rourke, Carol Ann, dies right before the third poltergeist is released of a complication, of a certain certain intestinal complication. Mm. know why? Uh, Next, Julian Beck, the old preacher that they brought back for the poltergeist three, by the way, right? They had like a weird puppet of him Pushed out of a TV, he dies in the second movie of stomach cancer, which is kind of like that uh, that earlier reference to the Charlie Manson Sharon Tate murder, right? Mm. It's a little there's a slight discrepancy because there was a moment where Julian Beck told the producers, "Hey, I have cancer, so if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, right? Gotcha. Shout out to the actors that literally fight the pain." Um, dies. About four months after the month after the second Poltergeist's release, Will Sampson, famous for being a a Indian ref uh, not Indian, indigenous. Okay, we got to get the pronouns right. An indigenous man of the Americas to ease the um, anxiety of everyone on the set decides to exercise the set of Poltergeist 2 to help everyone feel safe about the fact that they were going to film um, a movie about them or this white family that went from one house to the next and it happened to be on top of a burial ground with a crazy brimstone and fire preacher and all his followers. William Sampson decides to tell the producers and all the actors, hey, don't worry about this. I'm gonna go on the set and I'm gonna perform an exorcism. I'm going to sing until the end of the night, until the next morning, and everybody's gonna be safe. Does his job, comes back the next morning, tells everyone, hey, it's all good. I did my job, everyone felt better. Well, Samson dies at the age of 53 in my hometown of Houston of a very regular, right, regular as in the doctors could not fuck it up, of a heart and lung transplantation. He had a slight difficulty during surgery. Don't know how about.
0: Okay, but you also said heart and lung transplant, like that's a day surgery. They said that, yeah, like it was outpatient. Yeah, <laughs> <That's>, like <laughs> that. That's not like, regular. Like a laser that, to remove a kidney stone. They like, for sure could
1: fuck that up. They could fuck that up. That.
2: I take that. You're right. Okay, so you <laughs> could fuck that up. But the thing, what I'm, I, I failed to illustrate is, is that it's cus- it's not custom. It's, it's not novelty. Right. right? So it's, it's something that's my, been
0: done. But it's yeah. something
2: that's been done. It's something that has been done. It's, it's regular. It's, it's a routine <laughs> surgery almost. Almost. So it's not like removing an appendix, an, an appendix, or removing a kidney stone. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that was studied. We know what the procedure is. We can prove it. We got it taken care of. But for gotcha. some reason, we fucked this up with this dude. Who happened to be the same guy that exercised and tried to fight off the spirits that could not protect any of you in the cast of Poltergeist, which mainly or curiously enough, the lead actor who also plays the father in the Incredibles. has Yes. Not been That's the weirdest fucking thing that no one's really reporting about in any of the Internet sources. Wait, <laughs> what?
0: What up? Wait, who? Nothing happened to him. Um, what's his name? He was also coach, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a coach. Uh, a, it was in a show called Coach, I think. Yeah. Um, what's his name? God. The guy, the dad Craig, of the Incredibles. Craig, Craig T. Nelson. Craig,
2: Craig, Craig T. Nelson, T. Nelson. Yeah. yes. Huh. Nothing happened to him, right? So something happens to Heather O'Rourke, which leads me into the next one. Dominique Dunn, Dana, Dana Freeling, strangled to death by her boyfriend, right? Oh the God, same that was, year that first film is released. That was tragic. Right, mm-hmm. that was tragic. It was horrible. Just like Heather O'Rourke was horrible. Mm-hmm. But Craig T. Nelson
0: wasn't affected. Maybe That's he weird. should have been doing like, all the praying.
2: Right. This man was out here drinking random tequila worms and shit. <laughs> God damn, how did you survive? What did you do? Did you drink holy water on a dare? What the fuck? <laughs> God damn. Um oh whole connection to the quote-unquote poltergeist curse, Steven Spielberg admitted that he he used real human remains in that scene where the wife was in the pool, the muddy pool. Yep. And all of these skeletons start appearing. And everybody on the set, that's the actors and the crew, did not know that those weren't rubber skeletons. They were real. So for the sake of entertainment and money, Put some people in danger
1: i will say i did hear a podcast where they the guy whoever directed it or whatever he explained that like okay well different the real human remains like different skeletons look different fake skeletons look the same and that's why they got the real skeletons so that it would look Real and it wouldn't right. look like a Halloween prop or something.
0: But but also, if you have a Hollywood budget, <laughs> you can take a skeleton Halloween prop and add some caricature to it to make it less like a fake Halloween prop. Yeah, take uh,
2: that, and do it in mud and leaves and some shit. You know,
0: do some sculpting. Add some, you know, prosthetic. <laughs> elements to it like but just to like not tell anyone and straight up just put some real live quote-unquote not live but you know just actual real skeleton skeletal remains yeah that's not cool that's literally he probably should have told
1: everybody he
0: should have told them and there's a reason why he didn't so because somebody would have been like no thanks steve like no we can't we can't do that
2: uh, I don't care about you and ET. I ain't going in that movie. <laughs> cool. <laughs> E.T. ET, can kiss E.T. my E.T. ass. ET, can kiss my ass. It closed the college of the third, time, third kind. Kiss my E.T. ass. ET. Home oh, phone.
1: Come
0: on. You, see. Oh. God damn it. You, Barrymore, in that movie. Oh my
2: God. Yes, she is. And she's hilarious.
0: So that the, was the main kid in ET went to my high school. Not Who while was I was Wheaton? there. I'm not that Will old. Will Wheaton? That is not Will Wheaton. Oh my gosh, please. please. Oh, am I wrong? <laughs> you are so wrong. Oh my <laughs> God. Does
1: that Thomas, kid
0: not look like Ta- Will Wheaton? No. Is what it not was Will Wheaton
1: in when he was little? Star Trek. Oh,
0: the Next yeah. Generation.
1: Was it Next Generation? Shut up, Wesley. Yeah, that is. <laughs>
2: So the wife of Craig T. Nelson, I cannot remember her name. Please forgive me if she hear, she's listening. Um, expressed that every morning before filming, all of her pictures on her wall in her apartment would come up crooked. Right? So crooked pictures, I ain't got no time for this shit. I need to be on set. Leaves, goes and fills, whichever she needs to do on that set, comes back during the night, and resets every single fucking picture. Then goes to sleep. Wakes up the next morning, the pictures, every single picture is crooked again.
1: I don't like it. Could it nope. be that she was having foundational issues?
2: <laughs> That's what she said. That was the other thing. Like She always swore that when she would leave, she would slam the door, and maybe that would rearrange all of the pictures in the same way. Mm. But it's like... Even when you do that, right, Listen, there's I, I, a discrepancy.
0: Yeah, I, I do have foundational issues at my apartment. All my pictures are straight all the damn time.
2: Say what I mean, right? So like foundational issues, straight all the time with, in your apartment, right? Mm-hmm. Foundational issues in her apartment, even if it was a door slam, all of the pictures would fall in different directions, not the same.
1: Oh, so they were all tilting the same way. Exactly. Okay.
2: And she, at the time, since levers balances weren't invented, right? Oh. So She had to like, like literally go out get that water balance to make sure the bubbles lined up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> make sure every single one of those motherfuckers are straight. I don't even know. I keep picturing like twenty six pictures on a wall somewhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like a gallery wall, just full of
2: just full of her and like in different positions <laughs> <laughs> all,
0: all her different headshots just framed
2: and her laying down on a cloud or some shit um which brings me to the next female actor the little person on the set i can't remember her name who dropped the famous quote this house is clean
0: mm-hmm. oh i used in to that- know her name
1: this house is clear yes she also. she was that's also in 16
0: candles turn. she has a very small cameo in 16 i have
1: exercised the
0: teeth carolyn come towards the light. carolyn
2: just all kinds of southern sounding like leslie jordan yes oh, i was gonna
1: American. say so. oh, Beverly Leslie. Yes. Oh my gosh. Love it. I was coming. Get yeah. my
2: suckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God.
1: Oh, I um, love
0: him.
2: I do too. He's hilarious. He, tells <laughs> he, the truth. He doesn't give a shit. Mm-mm. So that female actress points out in that same scene, where she drops that famous line that there is an entire light surrounding her. Yes. That light in that scene occurs at the same time. She personally swears that it occurs at the exact same time her mother passes away. Mm-hmm. Weirdest thing. Weirdest thing, right? Because then we have like, you know, half of our horror movies kind of listing that kind of occurrence happening when they're taking pictures and. It looks like a happy-go-lucky picture at the beach, but then you got some shady, foggy, boggy someone sitting in the shadow of an umbrella somewhere leering.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Like that same photo occurrence of the supernatural interfering with reality is the same occurrence that happens within Poltergeist. Because I don't think those same um, crew members can list where that bright light comes from.
0: Mm. You know? So it wasn't like on part of their like lighting list, their bulb list or whatever. Yeah.
2: Nope. Certain parts of putting a lighting up, it, it's like artificial, um, it's like artificial flavoring, right? So artificial flavoring of what orange tastes like doesn't actually cover what orange actually tastes like.
1: There's mm. a
2: mm-hmm. genuine difference. So if you looked at the scene it looks different from what artificial lighting and in their list looks like versus what her light is talking about. Okay. surrounding everything, Hmm. right? Or at least surrounding her and and bathing her in a certain light that she doesn't think and she swore before her death that had nothing to do with the crew. In 1992, Richard Lawson, yes, that Richard Lawson that's married to Beyonce's daughter, I was gonna say
0: Beyonce's stepdad. Yes, <laughs> Beyonce's mom, not Beyonce's daughter.
2: My bad. Beyonce's like, mom. <laughs> no, she's not. Ma- Richard Lawson ain't married to no Beyonce. Anyway, <laughs> 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 Richard Lawson was married to current mother of Beyonce. Had a minor role in
0: Poltergeist.
1: Oh, I didn't so know.
2: So here's here's the weird thing that happened. My man is supposed to get on a plane. My man doesn't feel like getting up on that plane, so he decides to tell a friend, "Hey, you, uh, you want my ticket?" You know, just you know, out of the side thing. Has no idea about the curse or whatever, right? Gives the plane ticket to his friend. His friend sits in his seat on that plane. Plane crashes. Everybody dies.
0: Yo, Everybody we almost didn't have we almost didn't have Beyonce.
2: We literally almost didn't have Beyonce, in her it has
1: nothing to do with us having Beyonce. Okay, that is Matthew Knowles' work. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's a different person. In Matthew Knowles, Beyonce's that- daddy
0: would have been dead. Therefore, no. no Beyonce.
1: no 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 Beyonce stepdad. <laughs>
0: oh, I don't know <laughs> this anything is about Beyonce Knowles'
1: second husband. This oh, has- okay, no. you I I'm not in. We well, almost lives. didn't have. Be- Bianca Lawson, who doesn't age, so maybe that's got something to do, because Bianca Lawson's been playing a teenager for almost 30 years. This is so, true.: Let's damn. see.
0: that woman is ageless. and
1: she's still oh. so fine, so Oh yeah,
0: gorgeous.:
2: <laughs> Curse is working in somebody's benefit, right? <laughs> yeah. It sounds
1: like the Lawsons got off. <laughs>
2: God damn. like they okay. must have seen their ancestors and been like, listen. We'll cut you a break.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like you've been through enough. It's okay. Yeah, that's right. Okay, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll let you slide. We'll let you slide.
2: About 45, 60 years. You can <laughs> show up on
1: Nickelodeon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, Richard Lawson plays a pretty key role in Blue Ivy's life. That's basically off the top of my head about lemonade. Um <laughs>
0: I don't, I don't know nearly enough about Beyonce. to Add anything of relevance to this topic, so.
2: It's fine. Because then it leads to the next part. Lou Perryman.
0: Why are people texting me?
2: Lou it's Perryman. It is my birthday. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot. He forgot. <laughs> That's what he forgot. Um, Lou Perryman. Lou Perryman. Minor character. Is brutally murdered in his home in 2009. So a bit of a stretch. Mm-hmm. But it is an interesting coincidence that he happened to be a minor character within the poltergeist that wasn't completely affected by what happened. Yeah. Right? It's really weird, slightly interesting. Interestingly enough, another actor who plays um Hitchcock on the famed NBC series, Brooklyn 9, is still alive.
1: mm mm-hmm
2: don't know how so he he must have talked to quick T Nelson got <laughs> some <help from> him <laughs> something because that man is has not died he has not died okay I've gone through my notes and now it's up to my memory uh-oh okay we go the superman curse Superman oh. has a curse.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, here's interesting. Um, interestingly enough, the curse seems to manifest or move in certain ways. Here's how it starts. So a, na- so a man, not a man, a man named Mark Reeves, right, who's in the earliest show of Superman, right, dies by a gunshot. Wound. Now, the official ruling is that it was him committing suicide however no prints were found on the gun eerily enough the next actor that takes up the Superman mantle is Chris Reeves Christopher Reeves no relation I swore I was gonna probably do research on that to see if there was a connection but there doesn't seem to no be. I don't
0: think there is
2: sitting on his lavish checks from being Superman decides to go and take up horseback riding horse bucks him off and kicks him in the neck midair and he's paralyzed from the neck down until his death in 2004 tragic straight up tragic because i remember that man showing up on sesame street and (laughs) going through the entire alphabet and you know just like like showing me like a different side of acting because he doesn't necessarily have to be physically there. He just has to say the right words and it's mm, there it you go. Okay. Ichi, okay. He got it. Um, he never let that stop. Finally, we were at least up to the modern times. We got Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. So he dies in Batman versus Superman if I remember correctly.
0: The character, yes.
2: The character dies.
0: OK. I was like, Henry Cavill is much, very much alive.
2: <laughs> very much alive and okay.
0: building his own PC. Right, exactly. I watched <laughs> video. that video. It was very sexy. Oh, no. His character
2: dies. <laughs> so Henry Cavill decides that he's going to take another movie and grow out a beard,
1: since oh, yeah. he's going to
2: be rustic right? And look really rough living out in the wilderness. I've never seen this film. I don't know why it required him to, you know, to grow a beard. DC took the brunt of it, which is where I say the curse kind of shifted a bit from killing off the actors or instilling all of its wrath on them to instilling its wrath on the studio. (laughs) Because when Henry Cavill decides to build up that beard, and doesn't tell them, and needs to come back as Superman, come back to life. They have to spend roughly hundred million dollars to CGI super, it. CGI the goddamn beard away.
0: Wait, so it wasn't wasn't it, it was a mustache for Mission Impossible, wasn't it?
2: Uh, it's a beard. I remember it was, what? wait, wait, you're right. It's a mustache, it's a mustache.
0: I think it was his, because he had grown a mustache for his Mission Impossible role. I don't know, there might've been another movie involved that I don't know about, so you could, we could both be right. But I remember them talking about the fact that Mission Impossible, I think, was filming around the same time. And then when they had to go back, that's when they had to CGI his right. mustache or beard.
2: And you can see it, and it's the most annoying fucking thing <laughs> that you've ever seen on Superman's face all that sucksiness and all that shit just like you won't let me live you won't let me die nigga what is going on with your mouth (laughs) what is happening with your mouth i can't i i know you're you're carrying me like 30 feet in the air but what is happening what is this (laughs) um I think that pretty much backlashed on DC's part. DC studios that probably had, you know, it's fair, enough, fair amount of generations who, of executives who have moved part, in part from the actual source of what is suspiciously um, inferred to be the source of the Superman curse. So back in the day, uh, also runs concurrently with another literally direct DC figure, Batman, right? So the two creators of Superman were not given the full royalties of Superman. Mm. So the DC studios, after a long, begrudging battle, legal battle with the creators, decided to give the creators only $35,000 a year. $35,000 a year, right? For Superman? For Superman. For the Superman, right? Superman that's at one point got animated. Superman that got turned into a TV show, a live action TV show,
0: right? Well, Superman. Two, two, two live action TV shows.
2: See? Right? They don't get paid for that. And so it's suspiciously or inferred or believed that a part of this DC curse surrounding um, the Superman actors is because the DC studios wouldn't pay their
1: creators. Mm-hmm.
2: Runs concurrently with the animators of Attack on Titan who went on strike a couple years back because they weren't being paid enough to animate that. Also runs concurrently with another story of Batman where Bob Kane claimed that he was the sole creator of Batman when it was actually Bill Finger. There was, an, there was I don't know if it's still on Hulu, there was an entire documentary.
0: Yeah, I remember that.
2: A white guy who spent literally 20 years of his life trying to make sure that Bill Finger got his due credit. I,
0: I wouldn't be me if I didn't bring up the other curse of Superman being Dean Kane being a Republican.
1: I was going to say, maybe that's got something to do with the curse. <laughs> oh,
0: my God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is Dean Kane turning out to be awful. Oh, my God.
0: Listen, no one is more heartbroken than I I can't even that.
1: watch... The one living single episode that he's on now. Yeah.
0: I own the box set of Lois and Clark, okay? Yeah. What am I supposed to do with this? Damn. Yeah. Listen, y'all don't understand. I was in love with Dean Kane. I met him at Comic-Con like three years ago. Paid for a damn picture that I then had to burn. Okay, I am highly upset with him. Damn.
2: Highly.
0: I am hurt deeply by his shenanigans.
2: All right, Gene Kane, you burned his picture. Goddamn, effigy.
0: I had to release the the spirit of my lifelong love and admiration Mm. because he likes to retweet Breitbart articles and say dumb shit on CNN, not CNN, like Fox News television. It it hurts. It hurts. I'm going to drink. I think Tom Welling and Henry Cavill are the only two to come out of the Superman unscathed relatively.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, white people like, kind of shit on Tom Welling anyway for being a weird, successful, successful Superman. But it's like, it's WB before it was CW. Give him exactly. a break.
0: He was right? He was super cute in it. It was a good show for a little yeah. while. It was. Although, like, ooh, you know what might fit into the curse, though? The girl who played his friend ended up being part of that sex cult. Oh, that's right. Nexium, Allison Mack. Oh
2: my God. That's right. That's right. i read a little bit about that, but I didn't go too deep into
0: it. Yeah. Cause I oh. wasn't
2: sure. Cause like the side actors kind of went through their own weird struggles, like Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando like literally was general Zod at one point, And then he disappears from public view and comes back in the Island of Dr. Moreau as the fattest human being you've ever seen in your life damn what happened to you my man godfather was a long time ago
1: shit
2: oh my fuck oh my fuck and, and another like lois lane actor from the original well not from the original tv series but from the christopher Reeve series um ends up on desperate house ride uh, housewives right but then, you know, certain fans don't like Desperate Housewives, so they see that as a punishment. But then other fans love Desperate Housewives.
0: Oh, no, that's Terry Hatcher. She's from Lois and Clark with Dean King.
2: See? So mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, it's, it's, that's like, mm, I didn't know if I should include that.
0: But I feel like Terry Hatcher came out in the end because Desperate Housewives was popular with a lot of people for a long time, so Man, she got her, she got to come she, up on her, so. She got to come
2: up. She got the Craig T. Nelson hookup. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what They're on
0: the same prayer, prayer line, prayer tree.
2: Okay. All right. So, here where it gets a little more creepy. All, All right. right. So, new script in Hollywood called Ak, At-tuk, Ak, or ATMUK. At-tuk. So, A T M U K. Okay. It's a fish out of story fish out of water, sorry, fish out of water story about an Eskimo from Alaska, right? Okay. That cast specifically a fat white comedian. Here's the story. So it's a script called Akmuk or Aktuk, right? First cast Jim Belushi. Jim Belushi, before his death reads it, dies afterward. Next in line, after Jim Belushi dies in regular white people fashion to keep everything and appearances going, they cast Sam Kinison, another fat white comedian. Fat white comedian that recognizes that he cannot bear stand in the same shadow as a Jim Belushi. So what does he do? He asks the studio to make rewrites because he can't hit the same marks that Jim Belushi can make.
0: Mm. Right. They're very different type of comedy.
2: Hugely different,
0: right? Sam Kennison is in a completely different category.
2: Reads the script, asks for rewrites, dies in a car crash. White people still ain't learned their lesson yet. So what do they do? They take the script with the rewrites and walk over to John Candy with it. John Candy.
0: Candy. Oh SNL's
2: John Candy, yes.
0: Planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, fuck. Come on.
1: Cool Runnings, John Candy.
2: Yes. Cool Runnings, John Candy. I love Cool Runnings.
1: Damn, can I I just say I'm just now realizing how many big, like, larger white comedians are dead. (laughs)
2: Literally, okay, so literally after I read this story, I was like, literally, I'm like, okay, do I need to, like, send DMs to all of the white comedians that are probably <laughs> on Instagram and be like, listen, if Hollywood approaches you with this script, say no. Just don't I do it. I love you. Say no. <laughs> Just right?
0: don't do it.
2: Just don't do it. John Candy is- dies from a heart attack, right? Next comedian, they ask, guess who it is?
1: Is it Chris Farley?
2: Chris motherfucking Farley.
1: Oh! Damn. What?
2: Chris Farley reads it
1: and dies
2: of a drug overdose. Is right? this for real? This what? is for real. Holy this is the shit. weirdest connection. right? Yeah, that's... Every fat, white, comedian, actor or comedian who's done stand-up, right? not Joe Rogan, who eat, <laughs> eats elk meat, right? <laughs> who technically what? counts as husky. No what? shit on Joe Rogan. I want to try elk meat, but seriously, he's not no. a fat, white comedian.
0: We're gonna fucking I, shade Joe Rogan nah, for being Joe fucking Rogan Joe Rogan.
1: Is a piece of shit.
0: <laughs> Not sorry. Joe Rogan, go fuck yourself.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All are culturally appropriating an escape. Which interestingly enough, when I made the research about this, the article itself couldn't even find a picture of the film, which is why the film itself, the script itself, has never been released. Yeah. After the death of Chris Farley, whoever the powers that be decided to die and, well, not die, well, kill the script and bury it somewhere in Hollywood. Um, so the script is hovering out there somewhere, waiting for somebody to probably pick it up, who um, hasn't done, probably hasn't done their research to know that the last four white comedians who's have tried to pick it up have died.
0: Right. And also, let's, let's take a moment because the word Eskimo is not quite appropriate. Thank you. It Thank you a, so much. You it, you're is a, it is a colonizer. Patronym, is that the right word? Nomenclature?
2: Nomenclature, know. yes. Nomenclature or term.
0: Or term. It's, it's a colonizer term set upon the, um, the Alaskan indigenous folks um, specifically Inuit and Yupik, I believe. I did have to look this up because I wanted to be sure. So everyone knows we're not, we, we understand that that word, the E word, we'll say, is a, not, not the most um, politically correct word. Also, we are not fat, uh, fat shaming people.
2: Absolutely not. We That's are. That's why I love the fuck out of Lizzo. Because she's <laughs> down here just breaking the fuck out of all the barriers. just it
0: like. Is. Gotta love i'm
2: her. working out and it is none of your fucking business thank you lizzo truth hurts why man great yeah <laughs>
0: what's great.
1: her name what's the lady that what's the workout lady that keeps
0: attacking her work oh who cares fuck her
1: so-
0: we, we, here's the thing we know lizzo we don't know who her fucking name is right yeah
1: exactly. i could i can't even remember so it doesn't exactly matter.
2: so that?
0: um it-
1: Here's my question. Did Phil Hartman have anything to do with any of this? Mm.
0: That might be the oh. SNL curse. It might be a
2: slight SNL curse because interestingly enough a lot of, or a lot of the supremely talented mm. right, supremely talented comedians of the SNL cast have all passed. Right? Mm. So you got Chris Farley, you got um, Phil Hartman, you got John Candy, Um, Gilda Radner. You got Gilda Radner, right? You got all these like really, um, not even like pristine, but just comedically genius human beings who are allowed to join the cast of NBC and are blessed enough to be on SNL and not regularly, or not regularly, but. Timely bow out of the limelight, as the same way as a certain what is his name? He's escaping me right now. He was in Ghostbusters. He Dan was, Aykroyd. Not Dan Aykroyd, um, the other guy. Bill he's, Murray. Not Bill Murray. He's like Ernie su- Hudson. He's super nerdy, super nerdy. He was Oh,
0: uh, oh. Reitman, Ivan Reitman. Is that yes.
2: Him?
1: Oh yeah, that guy. Why then do he, I know all the names of the? He ghosts? just died. Yeah. Why do you know? Why do you know? No, but that's beautiful. That's that's perfect. That's That's great. That's great.
2: Literally, like I don't give a fuck what any dramatic actor says. Comedy is hard as fuck to play. So like these actors. All right. Ivan Reichman, where he literally bows out after his wife dies. Like
0: that's not right. No
2: curse too. That's a side note right there. Like literally SNL has a curse. Because it can't keep all of any, all of or any of the actors that really bring the audiences that really bring some serious notoriety. Because believe it or not, there are some people that exist in this country that don't know what the fuck SNL is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And let me correct myself. It is Harold Ramis who was in the Ghostbuster movie. It's not Ivan Reitman. I, Ivan Reitman, Reitman has right. Ivan Reitman has a different connection to Ghostbusters in a different way. But Harold Ramis played. Um, the character in, in Ghostbusters.
2: It's entertainment. It's whatever. It's like The Exorcist. You watch this little girl spin her head around or pee on the floor, that kind of shit um, for the source of entertainment. But sometimes entertainment isn't your, worth your life. And right. for some reason or whatever reason, they're not stopping from writing these stories out. They're not they're not really taking in lessons. They're just looking for the next best next best thing to profess or talk about. It's hard to kind of watch some of those movies. You got not even black people, just people in general that won't watch some of her horror movies for fear of being haunted.
0: Right, right.
2: Because hot because Hollywood, in a certain sense, knows no bounds outside of learning the lesson from people dying or people being lost all the way around. It was supposed, or at least I'm supposed to really, or rather I told myself I was gonna end the part of my stories with the podcast with this message. It's that you have to be careful about the stories that you're expressing. Words have spells actors understand that, writers, especially being the creators of it, understand that. It's imperative that you understand that any story or all stories that you create have a consequence to them. It's why spoken word artists kind of come off as like gushy for not necessarily talking about everything, they kind of like speaking code and they mm. leave it up to the world to kind of figure out, depending on who you're talking to, maybe it's Lauren Hill, or maybe it's like Danny Bonaducci. who knows. Anyway, you gotta be careful about how you're entertaining or telling those stories, because yeah. you don't know what's connected to them. And you can't callously put them up just so you can get butts in seats. Sometimes it's not necessarily worth it. Mm. Because I, I bet, all of the money that I've made on my birthday today, that certain people are not gonna remember Rosemary's baby 30 years, 40 years down the line. They're not gonna remember the omen. And some of them are not gonna have direct access to the curse um, instances of poltergeist. Yeah, that's what I, that's really what I have to say about that. It's not necessarily light, but it's just the truth to it,
0: you know?
1: Yeah. For sure.
0: Thank you for doing all that research and for sharing all that information with us. We thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, We do ask uh, all of our guests, um, what do you feel? um, Let's let's keep it on the topic of kind of this episode of a curse. Uh You kind of touched on it a little bit, but what do you feel like a curse is? Do you have any particular beliefs around curses and or the supernatural in general
2: i believe curse i believe in curses curses are derivative of people who are not treating other people with kindness something that i've noticed in all of these in all of the research that i've done is that there is a certain level of inconsiderate energy attached mm. to it whether it's Steven Spielberg grabbing actual remains Mm
0: -hmm.
2: or a stream of white boys, not necessarily caring who they give the curse to. Curses are real. In my book, they are real in the sense that I personally fight and try my best to treat everyone with as much dignity as possible. It's a little hard to do in PC culture because I don't know all of it. Um, it's a little hard to do in communication because I'm at times I'm not the best at it. But most of the time, it's connected to someone that didn't think about anybody else. So I guess to answer your question, in all of my research, I do believe in curses. I do believe that they can be true. I do believe that they can be evident. Curses only exist when human beings are uncaring about other human beings that they refuse to see and they're constantly
0: marginalizing. Or maybe you're mister. until you do by right by me, <laughs> everything you touch <laughs> <laughs> gonna rock.
2: And this sure did rock because that motherfucker was in on a- fucked up house and his daddy's like you know what you need to do get you a new woman
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then Danny Glover was like alright with this shit Just Take, give his hat back shove his ass out the door thank you
0: pop I love you
1: too <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh god I love that movie
0: oh well Casey, thank you so, so much for sharing with us this evening. It was such a joy to have you on. Happy birthday also. Cheers to you on your birthday. Huzzah. Thank you. If you would like the people to find you on the internet to correct you, <laughs> to correct you possibly, <laughs> or Please to, do. Uh, <laughs> where would you like to be found? Either social media, websites?
2: Okay. So I got a nice little stream. Here we go. So if you'd like to send me a personal stream of curses or insults by email, it is my name, K-A-S-S-Y-A-M-O-I at hotmail.com. Next, <laughs> I have a website, which is K-A-S-S-Y-A-M-O-I.com, where you see a nice little fat picture of me like, hey, how's it going? And you scroll down and you see a nice little picture of me doing a uh, monologue for from American Gods by Anansi. Mm. Um, send me some emails. Let me know if you wanna talk about acting and talk about film production or set that you want me to just like creep up on in in the spirit of booze. <laughs> 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 um, uh, let's see. Facebook, KC moi. That's K-A-S-S-Y-A-M-O-I on Facebook. And finally, but certainly not too finally, because then, you know, I got like a, a Twitter and a TikTok but that I don't really fuck with so much. I just watch to see what the art, the new influx of art is all about.
0: What the kids are up to, what the youths are doing.
2: Absolutely, since I'm one of those people that are like joining the upper room.
0: You're joining the <laughs> olds. You're part of the olds now. Get used just to part it. part of the olds. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: Did you did you say Hotmail? I just want to make sure that I heard that correctly.
0: Yes,
2: Hotmail. Okay. <laughs> I started that whole in high school, and I was like, "I'm official in this bitch," because <laughs> I had never gotten a hot. I have never. I had never gotten an email in school, and that was when I was rocking with floppy disks. And then, literally the next year, we were rocking with USBs, and I was just like,
1: "You had a floppy disk?"
2: I've heard a floppy disk. I, I was gonna
1: say. Didn't you just turn 27 today?
2: Yes, I did. OK. <laughs> yes, I did.
0: Listen, I learned how to type on a typewriter, OK? So <laughs> yeah, both yeah. of you. Both of you. Thank can go. you.
2: <laughs> both Thank of you, you can go. I, I will probably leave. <laughs> I get yet to know what it's like to use a typewriter. I think it's the, I, I hear it's the most satisfying fucking thing in the world.
0: <laughs> it's not bad. It's Unless not bad. you
1: make a mistake.
0: Listen, they have automatic correction tape, okay? Don't be <laughs> fooled. Don't be yeah. fooled. They came, they got, they got pretty modern with it before they got phased out, all right? Trust me, I've had to replace typewriter ribbon, okay? I know, I know the detail.
1: Camille, you know how to replace a typewriter ribbon? I do. Jealous. I am. I want exactly. to know
0: the hell you you how
2: to replace a typewriter ribbon. How the fuck
0: do you do that? it's very delicate you have to be very delicate
2: like a surgeon performing open heart surgery also
1: the very
0: easy what wait a routine. very a very easy you routine know? heart and lung
1: transplant it takes an hour, it takes an hour. Anyway, in and out you're out in an and year. out you're <laughs> off to lunch
2: oh my god okay so the last tidbit outside of uh twitter which is uh at leader niffy or tiktok which is Casey Amois is finally where my uh, most active acting is where I do voice acting and I lead two segments where one is uh, a moment with Lord Barrington. And then the other is things you didn't notice is on Instagram at official Casey Amois, yes. I talk about random things that you didn't notice in film and or movies. Yeah, that's where you guys can find me.
0: So I'll link everything you just mentioned in our show notes so people um, know where to find you. And uh, you can find me at at the Camille Monet on all of the social media platforms, except the Tiki Talks. I'm too old for that. Um, Sydney, where would you like to be found?
1: I'm on Twitter at sid and play sid underscore in underscore play i love that
2: fucking name
0: (laughs) (laughs) well awesome well thank you um again casey our guest thank you sydney for joining us today as well co-host co-producer um thank you to me because why not and thank you to you, dear listeners, for listening. Please share this episode or any episode. Until next time, get boozed. Wear a goddamn mask. Love you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Boozed. Our theme was composed by Vincent Parrish. Sound production is done by Sydney Johnson. You can find us on social media at Pod. That's B-O-O-S-E-D pod. If you would like to support the show, please go to patreon.com boostpod to make a contribution. Thank you for listening. And don't forget,
1: get boozed.